Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Lemon Pepper Wet Podcast, bringing you the latest, the laughter, and of course, the lessons we learn along the way. The lemon is what leaves the sour taste in our mouth, the pepper is that hot topic that has everybody talking, and the wet is what quenches our thirst and brings us life. I'm Bethany. I'm Christina. <laughs> and today, we have a guest with us. <laughs> Amanda Joy. Welcome. Hey. Ears, this, this will be an ear air chairs. Oh, oh. Ooh. yes! <laughs> Give it up for the long limbs. Coming in handy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, Very excited to be here. Let's tell everyone how we know you. How do? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear your story. <laughs> I'm going to let Christina go first. Uh, <laughs> Amanda and I met through a former acquaintance. Okay. Yeah. We clicked. Yeah. The vibes were vibing. They were yeah. Vibing. So that was a year, two? No. No. It was like three? Yeah. A couple four. years. You know what? Time like, is going by really fast. So I wouldn't be surprised time. if it was five Years five ago. years ago i feel like it's it 2022 like at least four years ago at yeah. least 2022 i feel like we met in like 2018 wow 2018 does that even make sense is that my math 2019 what i th- i'm gonna say <laughs> i'm, I'm gay, gonna say i don't do math so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say it was 2018 okay 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 that 2017 right. even yeah tbh <laughs> the repression <laughs> There's a lot of it. That year was Every, a little bit of a, you know, touch and go. Yeah. Yeah. We have them. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that is how I know Amanda. We spent plenty of nights uh, in Mary's chit chatting yeah. it up. Yes. Um, dancing at sound table. Dancing oh, at sound table. Sound table. Mm, RIP. Damn. Yeah. There's so many spots. Yeah. That are just not here anymore. Yeah. No one will know that joy. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I heard they're, but I heard they're like planning to do some um, kind of, they're moving into like doing (laughs) events or something. Um, I also have another friend who just moved into their old like loft. So, to 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 live? To not the sound table. Okay. But like, the owners of Sound Table. Oh, okay. So they just got, um, they just moved over this weekend. Yeah. Nice. That sounds cool. Oh, that very, does sound nice. That's very I, f- cool. I imagine the loft was dope. That's very cool. <laughs> I've only seen pictures, but I can't wait. Is it here in Atlanta? Um, yeah, over in the Roosevelt Apartments. Um, oh, the, wait. The old school on top of that hill that overlooks Jack Manor Jackson. Over in uh, Glen, the Glen, Glenwood, Glenwood Croker. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 So that like school that sits on, not the other castles that they've just recently (laughs) been building, but the the school that is on the hill that kind of overlooks the high school over there. Okay. All right. That's pretty cool. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to them and their new loft. Yeah, I'm happy for them. Um, similarly, I think I met you through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. This just shows you how small Atlanta is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you can really 
right, meet because people and know people. We and didn't people. meet Amanda together. No. We met her separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are so glad that we have you here. You're a wonderful singer, oh, a super you. dope person, <laughs> and... For this month at Lemon Pepper Wet, we are having a bit of a Black History Month series. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to highlight stories of people in our community on our podcast. Just mm-hmm. a little diversion from what we typically do. But I think it's important that we talk about the Blackness around us and not necessarily people, our ancestors. Right. Like we've heard those stories a couple times right Mm -hmm. we are creating black history every day just by being here right yes exactly yes um so for starters why don't we just start from the top let's do it (laughs) where like tell us about your uh you know upbringing where you grew up and your parents your family Mm -hmm. um well i was uh born here in a and um, was adopted uh, when I was 20 days old to a family um, that lived in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. My mom's, um, Jackie and Arlene. And yeah, they adopted me. Um, I lived in, we lived in Minnesota until I was like three. And then I grew up uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is... Um, as country as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> is that is that like an Amish town it is Amish okay. like really country yeah so like r- pretty regular horse and buggies around and what what took your parents your mom's there um my mom uh Arlene she was a, a pastor in a um in a predominantly gay denomination Mm -hmm. um and so we uh we ended up moving there for work as she started overseeing um kind of a district coordinator for parts of the denomination and so we ended up moving to Lancaster um which she actually had like been in Lancaster back when she was like 18 Uh from California, she like flew across for this, um, uh, this program that she had, uh, been in with her church and yeah, she like had actually been there before and that's what kind of encouraged her to, to check it back out once we were moving there. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Lancaster is, it was not, uh, it's as white as it sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now your moms that adopted you they were white. They are white. Yeah. Yeah. Um what was that like? I mean, I'm always so curious about white people who adopt mm-hmm. biracial or children of color. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question I like obviously there can absolutely be, it can be done and done well, and there can be love and all the things that the kid kid needs to thrive, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but my question is always, how do they, like, teach you about 
your race and Mm -hmm. your culture and like is there just learning that they had to do on their own or did they bring did they bring in reinforcements yes Yes. um well yeah i mean it was definitely like a decision on their part to um just try and and find any any baby that they they could adopt as like gay women Mm -hmm. um that was like the first challenge right um because this is in 1989 yeah and so much different times yeah Yeah. very very different and so um you know at the time uh my mom was uh, arlene was trying you know to move forward with this process basically as like a single parent trying to adopt um because they wouldn't allow both parents to to adopt uh with this agency that they were working with and so um it was complicated but it was you know it was a it was a choice on their part and they made um you know a conscious effort to try to expose me to as much black culture as possible Mm -hmm. um my godmother growing up is the like was really the only like black woman in my like immediate family Uh um and you know that i think was um it was important but it was difficult because also she struggled with mental health Mm -hmm. and so i think it was a really it was a challenge. I mean, it was challenging growing up for sure. I think that, um, you know, they did their best. I remember several, like, of the kind of, like, hard, like, your life is going to be different than mine um, when conversations. You, when was the first conversation that you guys had about you being different from them? I mean, they made it... I they they made it very clear from from as early as i can remember that like i was adopted and that was okay Okay. um arlene was adopted as well and so we kind of just made a point to um be really open about that Mm -hmm. um and uh leave space for questions and 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 conversations and but i honestly i was um, too busy just being like a ham. Um, (laughs) I was just like, everybody loves me. I, I'm I'm great. Yeah. (laughs) I was like theater kid and, um, just love singing and love just, uh, meeting new people, making friends. I think, you know, they, they, um, really instilled like having an open mind, yeah. Um, and so that was, um, I think because I grew up with just like such open mindedness around what makes a family, um, and that families look different and, you know, all of us are different, um, that it didn't ever really feel like, um, out of place as a child. Gotcha. I didn't, I didn't really feel too out of place as a child, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we, I think there was the, 
<laughs> I told y'all I made this um, this drawing earlier thinking about like prepping for <laughs> the show. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay. So this is um, a drawing of myself mm-hmm. um, with my hair. So one of the first like, you are different conversations. It's always that, the like, hair. Yeah. Um, really came around. I was like insistent that I was going to get bangs. <laughs> and those things were going to lay flat against my forehead. You thought. <laughs> I was I was like, no, I'm all of all of my friends in first grade have it. First, second, whatever oh it was. God. I'm gonna do this. And like my mom's, you know, they like, you know, Jackie was really good about making sure that she was like learning how to do textured hair. But also my hair texture changed so drastically right. from when I was little to like a teenager. Right. And so it But I was convinced that bangs were the move. So I just ended up looking not unlike Remy. (laughs) 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 With a huge, just poof. poof You had those like 80s frizz bangs. Yeah, but like it wasn't. (laughs) I was like six, so I didn't know what I was doing i was just like yes but make it lay down and my mom was just like honey your hair will not do that unless we like use something to lay it down right and i just like couldn't i i was like oh okay that's so interesting okay that's uh that you know that'll do it yeah something's up (laughs) my sisters i can remember when they were young uh, they've always been i guess i don't know that their schools have always been predominantly white but they've always been around white other white kids Yeah. yeah and when they were about if you guys hear noises in the background, <laughs> it's the dog. It's the dog. It's the he's, aforementioned Remy oh with the bangs. Remy with the bangs, chewing on his leash. And I think I'm just gonna let him do it. He's he's gonna ruin it. Anyway, uh, so they, I remember they came home one day, and it they were like maybe in first grade, or second grade, and they were just like, we want our hair to like be straight like mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. and it was like th- what's why you know <laughs> like and it's so interesting how they understand that to be preferential mm-hmm. even at such a young age mm-hmm. yeah you know it's like who who why, told you who told you or what message are you receiving about these white children that is making you feel like it would be better for you if you looked like them. Right. Well, kids notice like when they like they notice the differences. They notice the majorities yes. and what's what like what's cool and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would what's say cool? that you know, my elementary school wasn't predominantly white at all, but there is like that black girl rite of passage where you're gonna get your perm oh your first perm. did you ever have a relaxer so uh i 
my mom took me to the Dominicans. Oh, <laughs> and they probably put a little, put she, a little lie. Well, no, I, I she only had them do like a, a partial um, relaxer. Okay. So it was really just um, like a text slax. Yeah, it wasn't. Mm. Um, it wasn't. A, I never really had a full perm. Yeah, I okay. didn't, but that was the experience, and I I do remember not enjoying um, it. The process, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. the, it's the like, coming of age. You have to get yeah. a little chemical, a little chemical, and burn. then <laughs> and then we all revert back to being natural, like right, in later. our twenties yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, we're yeah. like, okay, why am I doing? Why did this? we do this for so long? Yeah, no. Well, and then like I think at least for me and in, in leaving high school, and it was really. There was a lot because I like left my high school that I had been going to and went and started at an online charter school because I was having some medical issues. And so leaving there and heading into college, I was like, had just gotten my hands on like a flat iron and it was Oof. just a fucking wrap. It was yeah. a wrap. And I just spent the next like six years. <laughs> Like just destroying my hair. Seriously, I mean the chokehold oh, that I was in. But my, I mean my mom is black, obviously. But okay, good. She, <laughs> she, um, <laughs> she never, she never took the time to like do my hair or learn like how you're saying your mom like yeah. learned how to do hair like she didn't know how to do her own hair yeah she never learned how to do my hair so it was just easier for her to put a relaxer in it mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. have someone flat iron it yeah mm. yeah i just um i just uh i got that those bangs and we just worked with growing those out for a while <laughs> And then, um, yeah, my mom, I think, I think I was like 12 when when I was finally just like, okay, mom, I'm going to do it myself. Don't worry. Um, except I don't think I said, don't worry. And I was like, stop. (laughs) (laughs) And so she kind of was just like, all right, you know, but she was like, she was braiding it. She would like it. My hair looked cute. After I realized the whole bang thing wasn't going to happen at that time, I did eventually (laughs) give myself bangs and laid them so flat with that flat iron. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, then lost the curls completely (laughs) for a while. So that that is like the that's a chapter in every Mm -hmm. black woman's autobiography. Mm -hmm. And then I lost the curls. And then I lost the curls. Yeah, exactly. Heat damage. Heat damage. And sometimes I even feel like the heat damage and chemical damage that I did to my hair. It's just, it never recovered. It's cellular now. It's cellular. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, and now I only, like, if I ever do straighten my hair, like now, is I only do it in the winter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, so press season. What's, yeah, like, what even is the point any other time? Because. It's just I'm gonna think about the humidity and my hair is just gonna be like <laughs> revert gone <laughs> revert 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 yeah <laughs> so but like I do appreciate like feeling finding healthier ways to like style and do my hair in a way that feels more um, authentic to mm-hmm. who I am so that feels good. 
Okay, so um, it seems like you had a pretty uh, safe, loving childhood that allowed you to, you know, know your blackness, Mm -hmm. know where you came from without any obstacles per se like your your parents were very supportive yeah of that yeah um what was your college experience like college (laughs) um it was a lot of like um it was a lot of coming like understanding um my it was very difficult uh, you know in in high school because i was the um i was like one of maybe five oh. out of a class of like uh well i won't say five when we got to high school i'll rage on like 20 out of a class of 800 though yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow so it was yeah i was not really like feeling myself feeling Mm. any of the things Mm. everybody was trying to set me up with any of the other like kids of color and it just was not it so i think uh college and stuff was a lot of like validating my my blackness and like my sexuality and figuring all of that out um uh in a lot of ways where it was just i don't know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. uh but you know uh very very different from uh from like elementary school and growing up and um but i i went to school i started in school in Lancaster and then I ended up transferring down to um Micah in Baltimore Mm -hmm. so I went to art school which is also just not a very (laughs) realistic um it sounds cool (laughs) it sounds cool um but again there was like you know the 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 majorities in art school are like white and Asian yeah Mm. and so uh it was definitely, you know, I was getting more involved in like the BSU and right. trying to, um, you know, find the few teachers and professors of color that were like actually with it and trying to <laughs> help right. us navigate right. the right. things. Um, but yeah, went to uh, a very white school and a in a very um, black neighborhood um what a mind fuck yeah and and also i mean i guess in a sense it's a little sad that a lot of our pop culture and art and music is influenced by black people but our institutions for art Mm -hmm. don't have don't reflect the representation yeah yeah well yeah and like i mean especially when like you're in your critical theory classes and you get to (laughs) 
anything with a black lens and the entire class just turns to you Ugh. for, your, for your authentic black experience. Um, Educate us. Yes, please be um, the monolith for us yeah. to understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. cringing. Cringing in my boots. Yeah. It yeah. sucked. It was not fun. But And you were there for for that was college that was undergrad undergrad okay. yeah okay. yeah so um i was there and then i moved down back down here um right after undergrad and um yeah i me and my um my boyfriend at the time were uh thinking about atlanta and um thinking about where our next move was kind of going to be after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And then, um, f- uh, my birth family like found me that semester that my f- senior my last semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got in contact. And so I felt very drawn to getting more in touch with, my my birth family here so i was like i gotta go yeah, yeah. like it's I, been real yeah real fake yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like all right baltimore gotta 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 go check out atlanta now yeah so, um then i've been here ever since so i want to talk about two things i want to touch on the dating experience like i i imagine that you know, once you get into those college years, that's when people start like feeling themselves, smelling themselves. They want to like try shit out, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but dating as a black woman, dating as any POC can often be just icky sometimes. And mm, yeah. there's the fetishizing, there's the blatant racism. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was your experience now now you mentioned that you are a queer person mm-hmm. i imagine that i'm assuming that there wasn't like a really difficult coming out for you with your parents because they were gay mm-hmm. um but when you accepted yourself as queer of some sort mm-hmm. like what was that experience like dating and like being black and queer yeah um I think it's funny because when I was younger my my moms would always like the the joke that we had was that they would ask me every year they're like um it's your birthday again we uh love you and um we just wanted to check in and see uh, if you still felt like you were straight. <laughs> and for the longest time, I was like, I'm not gay, mom. Yeah. Like, you, like everybody, I think, you know, especially with the narrative that like them bringing me up for so many people, their excuse of like why we shouldn't be a family is like, you're going to turn right. your kids gay uh-huh. and they're all just going to be a bunch of fucking heathens. Mm-hmm. And like, But I think because that was what I kind of grew up with, it actually slowed down my like coming out process because I was just like, you know, I was interested in girls when I was younger, but there's no like, there's no younger 
queers that were that looked like me uh-huh. you know growing up the representation really matters and yes. so like all i knew was like i was not the um i was not like white christian lesbian gay <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific genre it's very specific <laughs> Um, okay, okay so your parents are gay yeah they're asking you if you're gay yeah everyone's every asking on your you if you're Everybody's gay, asking you're gay me every year if i'm gay yeah <laughs> okay well just on some like did that bother you in any kind of way because no. i have heard that quite often when people are on their crusade against homosexuality it's like okay you're gonna make the kids gay yeah but you literally came from yeah gay and, people. and then i well and like my birth mother is like super queer as well and so i think it was just like inevitable but i um was adamant about being like mm, not me i yeah. like them boys yeah <laughs> <laughs> And and then I finally got to a place where I was like, mm, boys suck. I need these I mean, boys but they do. to just. I don't. I don't know what I need. From, y'all are just clearly not giving me what I need. So right. We're gonna start checking out the other options. So, um, yeah. I think I. I really after leaving like Lancaster, and um leaving Baltimore as well because um, definitely was not much of a like GSU gay straight alliance kind of uh-huh. like it was kind of there for surprising for art school but like mm-hmm. it wasn't like like super black either like it was there but it wasn't black and yeah. I was still just like yeah I'm still not into these like white girls yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so when you moved back to Atlanta, yes, which Atlanta. you know is, uh, you know, it's a gay haven. It is a gay L- haven. Low key, high key, high key, low key, high key. Did it make it? Was it easier for <sighs> you to like lean into? Nope, because okay. <laughs> I moved down here with my ex, and his his family was like, uh, mind you, they were like very Jamaican, and so. <laughs> like okay you're moving where what about all the gays uh, <laughs> and i was like there's well, so many jamaicans here so that's yeah, hilarious yeah. <laughs> and like, what about the gays and i was like i it's not i grew up with them i don't know like it's not an issue like have me. we met <laughs> right do you, you know, know me, me? <laughs> So, um, yeah, so then, but like, I think that added again, a little pressure to just be like, I'm straight as an arrow. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so came down here and (laughs) we were together for like two months and then broke up after moving (laughs) and which led to like a slew of just poor choices Uh (laughs) trying uh to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah but even still it probably wasn't like another um two years until after i had been down here um that i really started like um expanding my um preferences Mm -hmm. (laughs) on tinder (laughs) what i'm looking for um and then yeah but it was which was also like an interesting 
trying to um, come into spaces, trying to like maneuver through spaces. I think that's something that I've definitely um, as like a mixed person have struggled with over the years, which is also something that uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's something that like, it, it, there's a, it, I think something that a lot of mixed people experience, uh-huh. but is not often talked about, um, of like, you know, the belonging in spaces, feeling like a sense of belonging, feeling like a sense of being around, uh, others like you yeah. that have those shared experiences of like navigating white spaces and getting really good and kind of being like a social chameleon mm-hmm. and able to come into those spaces and do what you need to do to feel comfortable and do what you need to do to, to be accepted. And, um, and then the same for black spaces as well. And it's a very, um, I think coming to Atlanta, I was like, why won't my, like, why? I I think that was when I was trying to, like, merge my worlds. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. I and I was, like, really struggling to, to understand, like, well, I just want to have these people in this space with me doing these fun things or, yeah. like, hanging or chilling, whatever, like, checking out art, doing this thing, listening to music, just catching a vibe. Like, I want to do that with my people, but my people roll in different circles. Right. How do I make these... Like how do because I I was like I can do it why yeah, right. <laughs> like why right. can't why can't why can't others do it and it was like a really that took like several years being down here of trying to trying to navigate and figure out like how I share spaces with people uh-huh. and how people share their spaces with me yeah I feel like. With being like biracial or mixed race, mm-hmm. there's so much privilege that comes with that, mm-hmm. that the isolation that you feel when it's like the, I don't fit here, I don't fit there, or it's difficult, mm-hmm. you know, and people are not always accepting. Right. Um, because there's privilege that comes with being like white passing, mixed race, light skin. Mm-hmm. I feel like no, a lot of times we just, push that story or that narrative to the side like right you know what i mean and you don't like necessarily think about the fifth grader getting off the bus stop in her white neighborhood and getting spit on by somebody driving by and <sighs> being called the n-word so yeah. it's yeah. just like i you know those things also happen yeah (laughs) (laughs) those things happen and it's like uh you know at the end of the day I know there's like a lot of um discussion around like whether mixed people feel comfortable calling themselves black and I know that I identify as black and mixed Uh but black first because at the end of the day like most people are not coming and trying to check and see like, oh, well, you you might have a little white in you. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you might be a little not black, so that'll be, okay. like, the, they see what they see. Right. Mm. It's that one drop, 1%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one drop rule. <laughs> yeah, that 1%, or one drop rule. Yeah. Um, I watched a video today of Tandy Newton. 
Oh, gosh. Mm. Did you say that? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, my God. So I, I'm just assuming that Tandy Newton is She's biracial. biracial. She is her, biracial. Her mother is black. Black African, an African black person. I f- yeah, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she was, I don't even know what uh, prompted this. Black History Month. Oh, was, it, was that it? <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> it that had was, that to was, be. No. It's, no. It's the, <laughs> I'm it's embarrassed. I'm even more embarrassed. Okay, so. It's the sixth. It's just starting. <laughs> like. <laughs> And she's coming with this energy. So basically, she is kind of it. What I took from it was an apology for being biracial and an actor. And as a biracial actor, she gets picked to uh, play black roles. I've wanted so desperately to apologize every day to, to, to darker skinned actresses. To say, I'm sorry that I'm cho- I'm the one chosen. My mama looks like you. My mom looks like you. It's been very painful to have women that look like my mum feel like I'm not representing them, that I'm taking from them, taking their men, taking their work, taking their truth. I didn't mean to, you know. And I was just like, okay, that is what I don't need from yeah. biracial people because, right. like Christina said, there is privilege to being absolutely biracial like you you just listed them you're getting picked yeah and you're also choosing roles choosing. that you know that's, that's could thing. go to dark skin women right like this right. is how you're not helping like you being sad about it is not <laughs> i'm so sad it's i'm collecting her. this child right? yeah it's not progressing shit forward right. and you being picked by black men but you have a white husband like right. it yeah no it's inconsequential like yeah none of it makes like sense it. nor is it useful to the conversation yeah. like it's not it's her her mixed guilt it's it's yeah. mixed guilt and you know uh, that's not my story that's not my lane right. so there are i i do understand that there are some aspects of the experience that i just will never get yeah but i will never like yeah but i just i still don't think there's really never a reason to come out and be like i'm sorry i I, i'm so sad about this but i'm also gonna keep doing it right oh my gosh she was down bad she was sobbing the the mom my mom looks like you was basically like i have black friends yeah yeah that's what it felt like yeah yuck uh, it was strange, but okay. You moved to Atlanta. Yeah. You reconnected with your birth family. Does this mean mm-hmm. you reconnected with your black family as well? Um. So, I partially my birth mom's side of the family um, is like Danish and white and very English and mm-hmm. very white. <laughs> European vibes very European vibes Um, and then um, but uh, my um, so my birth mom when she contacted me um, back when I was in school um, it was through the adoption agency and um, she had been kind of searching for a few months trying to find me um, and 
the day that the agency like sent me um, the information and like the packet, um, the letter that she write wrote to me, um, I of course went to Google and did my like little detective work uh-huh. and yeah. tried to find her um, and found like her restaurant and found like an episode of Chopped that she was on and just like she it was just like very wild and so I had called the um, restaurant like the next day so this was like Saturday I got all the paperwork and I was like calling my mom's so I was all freaked out about it because I was also you know a little concerned about how they would feel about yeah. finding birth family but they were super super supportive yeah um, and so I called the next day and unf- um, uh, kind of got the she washed her phone in the laundry and so we're trying to find her and like had to call another person and they had to check and Mm. and so they like went looking for her um and unfortunately when they uh found her she had passed away and so the day that I ended up like meeting my family was at her funeral whoa here in Atlanta yeah and so it's been you know that was tough obviously yeah and um hard because she also didn't share um who my birth father was Uh. yeah because she you know it was the late 80s and sure she was a proud queer punk and doing her thing um uh and yeah and so like it it, there's a real it's really strange but there was a um you know after we got connected with this family and um and I was trying to um learn a little bit more but I also was like this all happened without me looking for it and Uh so I was trying to kind of like pace myself on right that's that's a lot finding more (laughs) yeah um and like you know getting through the grief and being in a new city and meeting new people and also like meeting people that had some you know expectations around meeting being the daughter of this person that they just lost yeah right so expectations in what sense like are um, you like her or do you like looking for her in you or i think well i think that we um i've got i've over the years i've heard a lot of stories and we definitely have a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. there's um you know, I hear there's certain times when I laugh that sounds like her. There's certain ways that I walk that are similar to her. Mm-hmm. Um, just like some of my presence, uh-huh. it, it um, definitely um, has has seemed to resonate with, with people that knew her. Um, which is cool, but it's also like, I don't have that point of reference right. to... Sure. to make my own uh come to my own kind of conclusions right and, and feelings about it but over time i think i've figured out ways to navigate that and it uh it's tough because i like i said i had all that go on and then um i started um looking on 23 and me 
to try and find the rest of my family. Yeah. Um, and was uh, contacted by... It's really, it's really weird. Do oh, you? Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, hold on. Let, let me adjust my mic just a little bit. Where, how weird are we talking? It's not like super weird, but I, I still don't quite understand like what. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, all right. So all of the, like they contacted me on Facebook. Her, the agency. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, the, okay, yeah, the, the, the agency. Okay. Um, the first first go around contacted me on Facebook, and I like ignored it because mm-hmm. it was just this random woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a family member might be trying to get in contact with you, and I was like, scam, <laughs> scam. <laughs> and so um, I ignored it, and then they contacted me through like the agency's Facebook page, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So. Got in contact there. Then, so like fast forward to like 2000, this was 2013. So fast forward to 2016. And this guy contacts me on Facebook and is like, "Um, are you Amanda Joy? And I was like, yes, obviously. (laughs) Um, It's my Facebook. It's my Facebook, yeah. And um, so he's like, yeah. I know this is strange, but I think my uncle might be your birth dad. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, like, we started, like, being in contact with each other. And Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, like, you were born in 89, right? And, like, in Atlanta, and then you were adopted. And I was like, yeah. And, like, was kind of hitting some of these points. And I was like, okay this could really be it uh-huh. so then he's like yeah like he started sending me pictures of his family of his like mom he's like no you look just like my mom and he sent this picture and it like and this is your this, this is, is your is, alleged cousin this is my yes alleged cousin cousin okay and he sends these pictures of his mom and i'm like uh okay yeah i can like i can see <laughs> <laughs> i can see that like i'm I'm invested enough to like, like go with this. And so, um, so then like, he's like, yeah, you got to talk to like, you got to talk to my uncle. He really wants to talk to you. So I was like, well, yes, if he's my birth father, I would also like to speak with him. So we got on the phone and I was explaining, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I was born in atlanta my birth mother like she worked in a kitchen and the like what i've heard is that she slept with one of the other guys in the kitchen Uh and like that's it that's all i know yeah and so he was like well it might and i was like i have a picture of her like i know who she is and i can so i sent him the picture and he's like oh yeah i don't know (laughs) and i was like she is like a like big like butch like bull dyke yeah. <laughs> like, like, like you would remember she's fucking gay yeah. <laughs> like, you would remember like you would remember this encounter Did you i promise have sex with this gay you woman or not? <laughs> i promise you and he's like well maybe she gained a little weight and i was like no man like that's that's what she and he's like uh, I don't know. And like, then he started telling me a bit of his, and I was like, these stories just no. don't line up and match. And I was like, some of the, like some of it overlaps. I get it. But most of this is not right. And I was just like, yeah, I don't, 
this is i don't think we're i don't think this is at, all. at all yeah <laughs> that's really day, awkward sir. especially when the uh similarities between you and your alleged aunt <laughs> are just like your light skin no. with her yeah. hair and that <laughs> that's well, it. that was it that's it <laughs> cousins related obviously um so yeah that uh that was like a weird hard roadblock and yeah. this whole thing but um like a year or so later i was on 23 and me and i found my i found two of my cousins mm-hmm. um some of the story is still very unclear about my birth father okay. um i don't think he is around anymore um like like on I think the planet on the planet okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but, on this plane uh, on this planet plane yes present with us no uh so, but my cousin, uh, it's really funny because um, my cousin Whitney, she um, DJs and uh, like one of her best friends was one of my first co-workers when I moved oh, here. weird. Yeah. So wild. Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> so damn Said it once, small. say it again. Yeah. Ugh. So small. <laughs> yeah. So we've kept in contact and, um, but haven't like. I think it's still just really strange, like the whole meeting back up with family, especially through adoption, right. and after that first thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like dramatic ass situation. Yeah. I was like unnecessarily emotional. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, I'm actually, I'm just gonna focus on like these, this group that I got right here right. for now, and when I feel ready to explore that any further, that will be a time. Or it might not come. That's okay too, I think. Um, There is also something else I wanted to ask you about. So in dating, we talk about dating a lot as Mm -hmm. black women um but in dating dating as a queer person Mm -hmm. you i mean i think the anticipation or expectation is that people that are a part of the rainbow community tend to tend to be a little bit more progressive and Mm -hmm. but i know that racism exists um in those spaces as well like have you found like just before you found your current partner like when you were just dating Mm -hmm. like did you find that you had experiences with non-black people that were very similar to dating in a cishet you know situation Mm -hmm. where like i know we talk about when you like chatting with a white guy perhaps yes. and it's gonna jump out like the weird fetishy like mm-hmm. fetish stuff and i like, mean yeah no totally that uh i definitely oh, i dated this one guy data does not i had this one tinder hookup that i was like chatting with for like a few weeks before we hooked up and the night we hooked up like immediately after he just started telling me he was like oh yeah well you were like really chill and like 
there's just this one girl he started telling me about this like other black chick that he dated who who had this like really fucked up like just like really (laughs) fucked up kinks and where are you going with those like fucked up physically fucked up mentally i mean it like the yeah it was into like definitely into playing this like race play race play yeah as well as just like some additional really gross stuff and i was like yeah dude i'm not into any of that actually i regret this entire experience so if you can just get out of my house now that'd be great i don't Um, love to kink shame people but sometimes when it's like but i like it I, I don't want to participate in any kind of like fetishizing yeah. like a any 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 parts of it. I just yeah. don't I just don't want to. Like that doesn't make me feel empowered. Right. And like I don't want or engaged real in any of racism or fake or fake racism. Yeah. I feel like the lines can be blurred. Yeah. Way mm-hmm. too easily. And it's like when you're playing and I'm not, like, I'm, yeah. I don't need you hard ERing me. Right. right. Exactly. Over breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even want to give you the opportunity to be weird. Yeah. And I just I oh I yeah, just like it's gross. It's really gross for me and i'm not interested uh in any of that personally so it's a no for me dog yeah Um, yeah but it has definitely come up (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) none of us are safe i mean (laughs) no and and the hesitation is valid yeah because Mm -hmm. of that reason like you know It, it, it it's it's annoying to you know, group every type of person it, yeah. in together, but that kind of experience will really turn you off from some shit. Yeah, I mean, I think after that, I really did not. He was like the last white guy I entertained. Yeah. <laughs> Have you dated white women? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Quickness uh, is it? Is I'm, it going I'm back like going to white back, like, Christian lesbian? Yeah, yes. <laughs> you were triggered. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. I just honestly like a lot of my experiences with white women have been just like they just want even yeah, street cred and, and yeah, they just want street cred or like in um in like queer spaces, it's. It's just like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You're so fabulous. You're so like such a diva. All like hitting all of their just like Ew. tropes. And and I'm I'm like, yeah, I really I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually want this compliment. Right. <laughs> Keep it. Yeah. No, thank you. Please don't nope, don't touch me either. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Don't touch me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's that just, sounds like white women. It yeah. is. Do you like yeah. Beyonce? Yeah. I love her. She's fabulous. She's right? so. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. You uh, remind me of Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice, this, that. I was just like, I'm just like, I get it. Uh, yeah, I get it. You only have a few select people to draw from your right. celebrity bank. Right. Of who can I relate you to? Right. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> Someone... The consistencies of the annoyances is just too much for me. Like it's a bit much. It is. Um, much. more on that. Like, what what has been your experience with like? people like, I guess just in general like stereotyping mm. black people or mixed people mm. like do you feel like you ever internalize like other people's opinions about what it means to be black or what a black woman should be how we should behave you know yeah. you know what I mean like yeah I mean I definitely think that like you know moving down here I, I it was it felt good but it also felt like I carried a I was definitely carrying like a big responsibility for between the like adoption between figuring out like my white side of my family my black side of the family how I fit in and like what my blackness looks like yes um it's just it's something that like definitely went how and like it's still kind of developing and going through different evolutions because who I am now is not who I was five years ago right. and like my experiences <clears throat> inform who I am today and so I think because of because of that like it's I definitely I think I went through like my big like woke rage <laughs> like let's talk about yeah. it yeah <laughs> love a good woke rage <laughs> oh yeah i i i like i cut i cut off a lot of people in that in that rage and not that i like think that was necessarily wrong yeah. but uh you know i could have done it in a better way obviously okay. or like had more conversation around it um because I think that woke rage definitely was just like, nope, no explanations needed. You yeah. do not support me and yeah. what I'm about. Yeah. So you gotta go. Yeah. And um, so that was like, you know, that was a chapter. Yeah. So, I mean, but sometimes <laughs> truly it's like, especially when you're already doing so much work, yeah. it's like you don't want the additional labor of having to like educate your friends yeah, and exactly. or the people who think they're your friends and like, right. And I, but I do think, you know, and me and my partner, um, my current partner uh, have had this conversation. She's also mixed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do feel that like we as mixed people do have a responsibility to, kind of bridge some of those those gaps okay um and because of privilege yeah, you know right. like we we can get into those spaces uh with ease sometimes and be able to be that that i mean it's it's a it's a burden to take on <laughs> yeah yeah but i do think um you know, finding a balance with it is still part of responsibility of being um, a person with privilege. Sure. You know, being an ally to to everyone means means taking taking some of the brunt work. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, it's you know not easy. Still figuring out like my elevator. <laughs> yes. Itch on like how can I how can I move you from here to here right. right or how can I help you to like at least 
peek behind this door yeah. or at least see something other than what you're you're seeing the whiteness you're seeing right you know right quite the burden <laughs> it's the burden <laughs> yeah. having to do these things but yeah. i mean if it can benefit people who are unable yeah. to take that position yeah it seems pretty worth it well and i just think that like so also so much of that work of like narrative shifting for people uh-huh. is um definitely comes in the moments when you're like with somebody that you feel comfortable with yes you know yeah. you're able like you're not talking to like a brick wall <laughs> You know, you're yeah. hanging out and having regular, regular conversations right. in your living room with your friends and talking about the hard stuff. Yes. And not like letting up. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's often prompted by like a truly just moment of like ignorance. Like you said something off color or insensitive mm-hmm. and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, (laughs) you know and then you have to like move forward from there but because I do think both all all people like in certain spaces or even around our friends or our co-workers like we put on like Mm -hmm. you're you know we know it's white people out here saying nigga this nigga that Mm -hmm. at home Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and then when they're around black people or their black co-workers they're not they're not doing that. They're calling you a diva. Right. And fabulous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> okay. So like Bethany mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, you know, it is important to, to highlight the fact that we're creating black history just yes. in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I feel like I would consider you an activist. Would you consider yourself an activist? Is that a is that too heavy of a title? It feels really heavy. <laughs> I don't want to put that on you. I don't want to put that on you because we like are actively always like dodging the activists. Yes. Like, I yes. mean, it's yeah, just, it's a lot of work. You it know, is. it's a lot of emotional labor. And mm-hmm. um, but I feel like just on your platform, like I guess you and I speak mostly on social media Mm -hmm. um and it seems like you have a lot to say about certain causes that you you know believe in and are passionate about Mm -hmm. um but how do you think that in your current work whether it be your art Mm -hmm. or singing or your activism like how do you feel like your blackness has contributed to your success Mm, I I think part of it is that like my idea of success has definitely changed because of the pandemic Uh Mm -hmm. Um, I know I had like all these goals kind of right before things happen and things were in motion and then it just was really snatched right <laughs> out oh, from yeah. underneath. Such a uh, truth for so many people. Yeah. I don't know what it was about that end of 2019 momentum mm-hmm. that was like really moving people to the next step. Yeah, and I then was, the universe was like, no, everybody, everybody sit, sit your down. motherfucking ass S- yeah, down. Exactly. Yeah. I got yeah. something for you. I got something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just wait. Hold my beer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that hit really hard. I had left work um, like a few weeks before shutdown happened. And I was just like, 
okay <laughs> what did you did you leave work to pursue entertaining full-time um partially yes mm-hmm. yes um and had like literally had interviewed for um or auditioned for this um group on monday and then friday everything shut down it was friday wow. friday the 13th yeah. at that yeah oh shit was it, it was friday That's 13th. Well, yeah. yep so be it and so I think um, part of like, you know, part of moving through these last year and a half to to come two years. <laughs> Lord. We're creeping up on three. Three? This is three? Wait, no, two. No. two. This will be two. This is a full March two. March will be full two. Okay, yeah. full two. It has spanned yeah. three, three, three years. years. We've been in three calendars. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and so that's been... Um, you know, trying to pivot has been part of, um, has just been the name of the game for, for like the last two years. And I think that like in my understanding of my ability as a like black person and, and mixed person to hold more than one identity there, I think it's allowed me to push myself in different directions a different idea of what success looks like uh-huh. um, because we we think of like, you know, the issue being white people seeing us as this monolith and like, you're the entertainer, uh-huh. black right. girl. Like yes. you do the singing and you do the like thing that makes me smile yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, or you're like the business bitch or mm-hmm. you're you know like um you can't hold more than one right identity especially like career wise and and so I think in like thinking uh, about myself and like holding multiple identities and and I've been trying to kind of think through like how that applies to my work as well and being able to kind of like all right you like a lot of different things (laughs) like you (laughs) and you do a lot of different types of work yeah um because I also am a um child care professional and have been working with different families on um parenting and support around just like child care it's um, and trying to like find a balance because I love, I do, I really do love working with kids, but I also love working with, um, adults and I oh, also right. love, <laughs> <laughs> I also love working in music and I also love, um, doing visual art. And so like, I think thinking about, you know, how I'm able to hold multiple identities and and being more than just one thing has really helped shift the way that I view success and how I can obtain it right um because I'm not chasing after being rich beyond belief I don't want to be um the most like popular influencer or musician like I don't I really just like I want to say I want to create a vibe for folks I want to support people in their like everyday life uh, with their families I want to make art that people enjoy and want to own or (laughs) have like to help it um, create 
you know calm and peace or ambiance in their space like i want to i want to help you in your in your everyday kind of moments rather than like obtain this like fame that i don't really feel like i want you know like i don't it i enjoy being able to just kind of disappear for a few days you don't want the the spotlight in all aspects no i just want to be on the stage and hearing lots of people tell me that i'm wonderful (laughs) um and telling me that that they like the sounds that i'm making and the the vibe i'm trying to set and then i want to go home right yeah right (laughs) and i want to watch like uh i want to binge something on tv and like hide away in my studio and paint a bunch of paintings for three days and then come up for air yeah and go do some work with you know these families that are too lord (laughs) hurting for some some assistance Yeah. yeah You know, I think that for me, changing my idea of what success like looks like and feels like has been uh, really huge in how I've been just trying to move in the world the last couple of years mm-hmm. in, in the midst of the downfall of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Facts. Niggas, niggas are resilient. Yeah. They so are, always. but they also deserve to move at their own pace. Yes. And it doesn't always have to be, um, I mean, I guess in terms of black people and success, mm. black women and success, like we are usually, we work a lot harder mm-hmm. than yeah. our counterparts to get half of what they have exactly and i mean it causes burnout and Mm -hmm. it's like maybe i don't want to be the head bitch in charge right right? like and it's fine like it's cool to play your role do exactly what you want to do on your pace so that there's not so much pressure pressure to succeed right in the terms that everyone considers success exactly well and i mean I'm, i'm my partner like she has been like just killing herself over the last year going above and beyond um she's a taurus so mm-hmm. you know she and what are you i'm an aries okay uh aries taurus combo for the win okay <laughs> I was tried and true yeah no i i didn't know until i i knew until you yeah knew. <laughs> wow but um but like she you know even i think even with her, she she didn't even realize how much work she was actually doing uh-huh. until like it put her in the hospital Ugh. with a panic attack. And and in talking with the other black women in her circle, they were all experiencing similar symptoms, similar <sighs> issues with their health and and not even being heard by their doctors and healthcare professionals a whole other other thing aspect yeah but it it all plays into the idea that we have to do so much yeah and and we do have to do so much if we want to get to a certain space yeah well and i think like i mean big ups to the nap ministry love (laughs) the nap ministry yeah um but like you know, I think I think there's also this importance. I think in in understanding that rest needs to be 
a part of your success. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I don't think enough people, I feel like everybody's just like grind, 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 grind. Yeah. Grind. You're not keep grinding. And then it just leads to like, re- I mean, it just leads to insane burnout and like physical symptoms, physical mm-hmm. pain um, that I just, you know, I, I had experienced something similar growing up um, with my anxiety as a, as a kid and physically like having the pain met like the anxiety manifest as pain um and just knowing like okay and i can't get to that point and so i need like if i have to push myself to a point where like that is that is the only option and that is the outcome of like grinding that hard i can't do that yeah because then it's gonna it's not for me it's gonna take me out for like a week yeah yeah and i can't like then what's the point then i'm then i'm behind again you know so you know i've heard so many stories but there was a, a woman i have an airbnb in midtown and the woman who used to live in the building she was like i see you over here all the time you're working so hard and blah, blah, blah. She was like, I was just like that. And then I was in the hospital for like three months mm. and my business went under and I had to start from the ground up. And so she was like, if you don't take the time to rest, your body will do it for you. Yep. And you don't want to get to that point. Yeah. You know, and she basically, I think she had a heart attack. Oh, my God. But it was stress induced. Just like working her fucking ass off, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. My my mom passed at uh, 68. Uh And I know she just she wore her body down completely she -hmm. was working so so much and so hard when I was a kid and um and it just like it really took it out of her and so I think that like like part of like radical self-love has to be um finding finding time to make rest for yourself absolutely yeah um yeah. And to not feel guilty about it. Oh, it that, that's okay. the whole other Still part. Haven't that's, that's the other foot that's Still dropping. Like, how there. do I not feel guilty for actually doing nothing? It's stupid, but it like the affirmations work. <laughs> it's so like it really feels so cheesy sometimes. Yeah. Like the things I say in my head, and I was like. Bitch, you doing a good job. Good job. But it like it really has made a like tremendous difference over the last um even just like the last six months, I feel like I like have been like falling in love with my body in new ways, which feels really good, especially at like during this time where our bodies have just been trying to like keep us alive, you know? And I'm like, um, it's been it's it really has like changed so much of how I like my relationship with with my body and myself and my rest and my work and it's all connected. What it's all connected. <laughs> can you share like are these can you share some of your affirmations? Mm, I, well, so my my biggest affirmation for myself is like the the one that because i think i definitely was one of the like a 
oh, you fucked that up. You're so stupid. Mm -hmm. Why did you do that? And I was like, nope, you are human and it is okay to make a mistake. And this mistake we're just going to learn from. Yeah. And like just those little things, like really trying to in the moment stop myself from even finishing my thought self-talk yeah Yeah. it's it really had made such a huge difference yeah as well as like getting out of the shower and looking in the mirror and just like touching all of the parts of me that I like struggle with and just be like hey little pooch (laughs) (laughs) you're looking pretty sexy Yeah. (laughs) yeah just loving on myself and it's been like it's been really really wonderful and it was really like uh, poured over into like my relationship and with with my partner and just with with the people around me I don't know I think I have leaned more into like what comes natural in like uh, affirming people with words yes mm-hmm. um and I've gotten less like self-conscious about being like you did that like (laughs) that was awesome you're amazing i love you i like tell your tell the people that you love that you love them and like why you love them and why like they're as amazing as they are and what you enjoy about your quality time with them um we were talking earlier about the like the pandemic kind of tightening up where we put our energy towards and i think that has definitely been one uh an outcome that I've I've enjoyed being able to just like gas up my friends even more than I was before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you were talking about your self-love and you know loving the parts of yourself that you didn't maybe love prior to your affirming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that could be a form of activism, you know. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, the the body is not an apology by Sonia Renee, I believe. Ooh. Okay, let me Ooh, let me, let me <laughs> jot it down <laughs> um, or look it up rather. <laughs> a friend sent me that book, and it was really, um, really like. It really helped me start the process of like Sonia Renee Taylor. Yeah, Sonia Renee Taylor. Yes, mm-hmm. she is wonderful. Um, also, pleasure activism by okay. Adrian Murray Brown. Um, okay, I will say with a um, a a cliff note of that as important as the self care is. Mm-hmm. Um, we cannot also get tied up in just feeling comfortable all the time yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think like all this stuff is like really interesting and my partner and i have discussed it a bunch of times um that like as important as it is to like find self-love and be able to advocate for yourself we also have to like remember that you do have to move and be uncomfortable yeah mm-hmm. um we can't just stay in our comfort yes yeah um, all the time so i think um, but so many of us don't know how to like enjoy our bodies in right. the first place. <laughs> yeah. So. It, and it's it, sad I because would... it's like the one thing, mm-hmm. this is your vessel. Yes. This is the one thing you're going to have. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of people telling you that maybe you should not like 
your vessel. Right. And right. it's fucked up mentally. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah. Or they're like, Lizzo! Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, yes, you really remind me of uh, Lizzo. You're just though. giving me some Lizzo vibes. Because oh you God. dared to show your exposed like stomach. Yes. Or Lizzo vibes. Some like, like yeah, no. It, you know Lizzo, right? You know, right? <laughs> you know oh my Lizzo. God. Have you, have you heard of Lizzo? <laughs> oh my God. Y- y'all are triggering because... <laughs> I have literally heard these things from white women. Of course. Like, oh my God, I love Lizzo. Do you like Lizzo? Yeah. yeah. She's just, you know. And yeah. no, this is no shade to no. Lizzo. At, I do actually love Lizzo. So yeah. No, I do like her. <laughs> yeah. They're not right. wrong. No. Right. No. But to assume that. Well, but it, yeah, it's I, like, again, it's like, the, oh, here's my one here's my one black person yes. that I can refer to mm-hmm. that's fat and black and right. like comfortable in her skin. Yeah. And she's so radical. Um, she's and so radical. Oh yeah. It's so cringy. It, it is. is. It all is. <laughs> the world is pretty cringy. Right it now. is. We're just trying. We're just trying our best. Are we? Are we all some trying? Us, no, no, definitely not all of us, but most, some, some of us are just trying our best. Yes. Everybody that's here right now is trying their best. Trying our best. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, especially Remy. Thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you. I think, um, you know, with Christina and I doing the podcast, like we know each other pretty well. You know, we have similar backgrounds, similar Mm -hmm. lifestyles. Mm -hmm. So it is refreshing to talk to someone who has such a different experience growing up um, racially. Um, you know, it's just nice to get a different opinion other than my own. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> it really has. It yeah. Has. I know. I think the, our like personal, like, uh, narrative and like sound box that we have kind of going uh-huh. in our heads or like with our, with our like closest community can kind of, it'd be like, oh, Oh yeah, there's stuff outside. Of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's good to you know not everybody has the privilege of mm. meeting people different from them. Yeah, so there's yeah, that you know, like there is just like ignorance, not because they want to be ignorant, right? You right, know, right, right. like there's just some natural ignorance there. So at any point, we can um, share something different. Mm-hmm. and those intersections yeah, yeah the intersections of it all the more intersections the better yeah and i think i think between the three of us we know a little something about some intersections yeah, exactly. <laughs> um where can people find you if they want to look at your face and mm-hmm. hear what you have to say do you want to be found do first and foremost <laughs> yes it's a real question um no you can find me on instagram at that artsy amanda um i usually post some music gig stuff there and uh yeah also or any of the band the vibrants um is on instagram they're all kind of linked in my my bio whenever right. you post your next mm-hmm. gig we'll repost it yeah. so people appreciate can find it. you yes <laughs> absolutely um as far as finding us we are on twitter and facebook Mm -hmm. at lemon pepper wet 
We're on Instagram at Lemon Pepper Wet Pod. Um, and if you want to write us an email, we're at Lemon Pepper Wet Pod at gmail.com. Christina? My personal IG is at C D O T Andrews. Okay. Mine is at Bethane the Drug. This has been great. Thank you for sitting down with us. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Our music is produced by Stealth is Metal. Logo designed by Flunked Fiction.